Post number one, September 7th, 2010. Okay, listener, I need your help with this. This is not copy pasta. This is a long listen, but I feel like my safety or well-being could very well depend on this. This is video game related, specifically Majora's Mask, and this is the creepiest shit that has ever happened to me in my entire life. Having said that, I recently moved into my new dorm room, starting as a sophomore in college, and a friend of mine gave me his old Nintendo 64 to play. I was stoked, to say the least. I could finally play all those old games of my youth that I hadn't touched in the last decade. His Nintendo 64 came with one yellow controller and a rather shoddy copy of Super Smash Bros. And while beggars can't be choosers, needless to say, it didn't take long until I became bored of beating up level 9 CPUs. That weekend, I decided to drive around a few neighborhoods about 20 minutes or so off campus, hitting up local garage sales hoping to score on some good deals from ignorant parents. Ended up picking up a copy of Pokemon Stadium, GoldenEye, F-Zero, and two other controllers for two bucks. Satisfied, I began to drive out of the neighborhood when one last house caught my attention. I still to this day have no idea why it did. There were no cars there, and only one table was set up with some random junk on it, but something sort of drew me there. I usually trust my gut on these things, so I got out of the car and was greeted by an old man. His outward appearance was, for lack of better words, displeasing. It was odd, if you ask me to tell you why I thought he was displeasing, I couldn't really pinpoint anything. There was just something about him that put me on edge. I can't explain it. All I can tell you is that if it wasn't in the middle of the afternoon and there were other people within shouting distance, I would not have even thought of approaching this man. He flashed a crooked smile at me and asked, what I was looking for, and immediately I noticed that he must be blind in one of his eyes. His right eye had that glazed-over look about it. I forced myself to look at his left eye instead, trying not to offend him, and asked him if he had any old video games. I was already in the middle of wondering how I could politely excuse myself from the situation when he would tell me that he had no idea what a video game was, but to my surprise he said that he had a few ones in an old box. He assured me that he'd be back in a jiffy and turned around and headed back into his garage. As I watched him hobble away, I couldn't help but notice he was selling stuff on his table. Littered across his table were rather peculiar paintings, various artworks that looked like ink blots that a psychiatrist might show you. Curious, I looked through them. It was obvious why no one was visiting this guy's garage sale weren't exactly aesthetically pleasing. As I came to the last one, for some reason it looked almost like Majora's Mask. The same heart-shaped body with little spikes protruding outward. Initially, I just thought that since I was secretly hoping to find that game at these garage sales, some Freudian bullshit had projected itself into the ink blots. But given the events that happened afterward, I'm not so sure now. I should have asked the man about it. I wish... I would have asked the man about it. After staring at the Majora-shaped blot, I looked up and the old man was suddenly there again, an arm's length in front of me, smiling at me. 
I'll admit I jumped at a reflex and I laughed nervously as he handed me a Nintendo 64 cartridge. It was the standard gray color, except that someone had written Majora on it in black permanent marker. I got butterflies in my stomach as I realized what a coincidence that was and asked him how much he wanted for it. The old man just smiled at me, told me I could have it for free. That it used to belong to a kid who was about my age that didn't live there anymore. There was something weird about how the man phrased that, but I didn't really pay any attention to it then. I was too caught up in only finding this game, but getting it for free too. I reminded myself to be a bit skeptical since this looked like a pretty shady cartridge and there's no guarantee it would even work. But then the optimist inside me interjected that maybe it was some kind of beta version or pirated version of the game that was all I needed to be back on Cloud9. I thanked the man and the man smiled at me, wished me well, saying, goodbye then. At least that's what it sounded like to me. All the way in the car ride home, I had a nagging doubt that the man had said something else. My fears were confirmed when I booted up the game. To my surprise, it worked just fine. There was one save file simply named Ben. Goodbye, Ben, he was saying. Goodbye, Ben. I felt bad for the man. Obviously a grandparent. or obviously going senile. And I for some reason or another, reminded him of his grandson, Ben. Out of curiosity, I looked at the save file. Eyeballing it, I could tell that he was pretty far in the game. He had almost all the masks and three quarters remains of the bosses. I noticed that he had used an owl statue to save his game. He was on day three and by the stone tower temple with hardly an hour left before the moon would crash. I remember thinking that it was a shame that he had come so close to beating the game, but he had never finished it. I made a new file named Link out of tradition and started the game, ready to relive my childhood. For such a shady looking game cartridge, I was impressed at how smoothly it ran. Literally just like a retail copy of the game save for a minor few hiccups here and there, like textures being where they shouldn't be, random flashes of cutscenes at odd intervals, but nothing too bad. However, the only thing that was a little unnerving was that at times the NPCs would call me Link and at other times they would call me Ben. I figured it must be a bug, a fluke in the programming causing our files to get mixed up or something. It did kind of creep me out though after a while and it was around after I had beaten the Woodfall Temple that I regrettably went into the save files and deleted Ben. I had intended to preserve the file just out of respect to the game's original owner. It's not like I needed two files anyway. Hoping that that would solve the problem. It did and it didn't. Now NPCs wouldn't call me anything. Or my name should be in the dialogue, there was just a blank space. My save file was still called Link, though. Frustrated, and with a lot of homework to do, I put the game down for the day. I started playing the game again last night, getting the lens of truth and working my way towards completing the Snowhead Temple. Now, some of you more hardcore Majora's Mask players out there know about the fourth day glitch. 
for those of you who don't, you can Google it. But the gist of it is that right as the clock is about to hit zero on the final day, you talk to the astronomer and look through the telescope. If you time it right, the countdown disappears and you essentially have another day to finish whatever you were doing. Deciding to do the glitch to try to finish the Snowhead Temple, I happened to get it right on the first try, and the time counter at the bottom disappeared. However, when I press B to exit the telescope, instead of being greeted by the astronomer, I found myself in the Major boss fight room at the end of the game, you know, the trippy Boxton area, staring at the Skull Kid hovering over me. There was no sound, just him floating in the air above me. And the background music, which was regular for the area, but still creepy. Immediately, my palms began to sweat. This was definitely not normal. Skull Kid never appeared here. I tried moving around the area, and no matter where I went, Skull Kid would always be facing me, looking at me, not saying anything. Nothing would happen, though, and this kept up for around 60 seconds. I honestly thought the game had bugged or something, but I was beginning to doubt that very much. I was about to reach for that reset button when the text appeared on my screen. You're not sure why, but apparently you had a reservation. I instantly recognized that text. You get that message when you get the room key from Anju at the stock put in. But why was it playing here? I refused to entertain the notion that this was almost as if the game was trying to communicate with me. I started navigating the room again, testing to see if it was some sort of trigger that enabled me to interact with something here. Then I realized how stupid I was to even think that someone could program the game like that. It was absurd. Sure enough, though, 15 seconds later, another message appeared on the screen. And again, like the first one, it was already a pre-existing phrase. Go to the lair of the temple's boss, yes or no. I paused for a second, contemplating what I should press and how the game would react when I realized that I couldn't select no. Taking a deep breath, I pressed yes and the screen faded to white. With the words, dawn of a new day, with the subtext, LLLLLLLLLLL beneath it. Where I was ported to filled me with the most intense sense of dread and depending fear I had ever experienced. The only way I can describe the way I felt here is having this feeling of inexplicable depression on a profound scale. I'm normally not a depressed person, but the way I felt here was a feeling that I didn't even know existed. It was such a twisted and powerful presence that seemed to wash over me. I appeared in some kind of weird Twilight Zone version of Clocktown. I walked out of the Clocktown as you normally do when you start day one, only to find that all the inhabitants were gone. Usually with the fourth day glitch, you can still find the guards and the dogs that run around outside the tower. This time they were all gone. What replaced them was this ominous feeling that there was something out there in the same area as me and that it was watching me. 
I had four hearts to my name in the hero's bow, but at this point, I wasn't even considered for my avatar. I felt that I personally was in some sort of danger, like me, for real. Perhaps the most chilling thing was the music. It was the song of healing. Ripped straight from the game itself, but... It was played in reverse. Music was getting louder, building up so as if you should expect something to pop out at you, but nothing ever did, and then the constant loop began to wear on my mental state. Every now and then I would hear the faint laugh of the happy mask salesman in the background, just quiet enough so I wasn't sure I was hearing things, but just loud enough to keep me determined to find him. I looked in all four zones of Clocktown only to find nothing, nobody. Even the textures were missing. West Clocktown had me walking on air. The entire area felt broken, just hopelessly broken. As the reverse song of healing repeated for what must have been the 50th time, I just remembered standing in the middle of the South Clocktown, realizing that I had never felt so alone in a video game before. As I walked through the ghost town, I don't know whether it was the combination of the outer place textures and the atmosphere and the haunting melody of the once peaceful and soothing song being butchered and distorted, but I was literally on the verge of tears and had no idea why. I hardly ever cry. Something had gripped me here in this powerful sense of depression that was both foreign and crippling. I tried leaving Clocktown, but every time I attempted to zone out, the screen would fade to black and I would just zone in to another part of Clocktown. I tried playing my ocarina. I wanted to escape and I did not want to be here, but every time I played the song of time or the song of soaring, it would only say, your notes echo far, but nothing happens. By this point, it was obvious the game didn't want me to leave, but I had no idea why it was keeping me here. I didn't want to go inside the buildings. I felt that I would be too vulnerable there and whatever I was terrified of would get me. I don't know why. But I came up with the idea that maybe if I drowned myself at the laundry pool, I could spawn somewhere else and leave this place. As I zoned in and ran towards the pool, that's when it happened. Link grabbed his head, and the screen flashed for a brief moment of the happy masked salesman smiling at me. Not Link. Me. With Skull Kid's scream playing in the background. And when the screen returned, I was staring at the Link statue from playing the song, Elegy of Emptiness. I screamed as the thing just stared back at me with the haunting facial expression. I turned around and ran back into the South Clock Town, and to my horror, the fucking statue followed me, and the only way I can compare this to is like a weeping angel from Doctor Who. Every so often at random intervals, the animation would play as the statue appeared behind me. It was like the thing was chasing me, and I don't even want to fucking say it, haunting me. By this point, I was on the verge of hysterics, but not once did the thought of turning off the console occur to me. I don't know why, I was just so wrapped up in it. The terror felt all so real. I tried to shake the statue, but it would literally appear right behind me every single time. Link started to begin to make weird animations I had never seen him do before. 
He would flail his arms around or spasm randomly, and the screen would just cut to the happy mask salesman smiling again for a brief moment before I was face to face with that fucking statue again. Ended up running into the Swordmaster's dojo and ran to the back. I don't know why, but in a panic, I just wanted some kind of assurance that I'm not alone in this world. To my dismay, I found no one. But as I turned to leave, the statue cornered me in the cubby of the back. I tried attacking the statue with my sword, but to no avail. Confused and backed into a corner, I just stared at the statue waiting for it to kill me. Suddenly, the screen flashed again to the happy mask salesman. And Link turned to face my screen, standing upright mirroring the statue. Looking at me along with his copy. Literally staring at me. Whatever was left on the fourth wall was completely shattered while I ran out of the dojo, terrified. Suddenly, the game warped me into an underground tunnel, and the reverse song of healing queued up again as I was given a brief moment of rest before the statue started appearing behind me again. This time aggressively. I could only take a few steps before it would summon behind me again. I hurriedly made my way out of the tunnel and appeared in Southern Clocktown. As I ran aimlessly in sheer panic, Suddenly a redead screamed and the screen faded to black as dawn of a new day and LLLLLLLLLL appeared again. The screen faded in and I was standing on top of Clock Tower with Skull Kid hovering over me again, silent. I looked up and the moon was back, looming just meters above my head. But the Skull Kid just stared at me hauntingly with that fucking mask. A new song was playing. The Stone Tower Temple theme played in reverse. In some sort of desperate attempt, I equipped my bow and fired a shot at the Skull Kid. And it actually hit him and he played an animation of him reeling back. I fired again and on the third arrow, a text box appeared saying, That won't do you any good, hee <laughs> hee. And I was picked up off the ground, levitating upwards on my back. And then Link screamed as he burst into flames, instantly killing him. I jumped when this happened. I'd never seen this move used by anyone in the game, and Skull Kid himself didn't have any moves. As the death scream played, my lifeless body still burning. The Skull Kid laughed and the screen faded to black, only to have me reappear in the same place. I decided to charge him this time, but the same thing happened. Link's body was lifted off the ground by some unknown force, and he immediately burst into flames again, killing him. This time, during the death screen, the faint sounds of the reverse song of healing could be heard. On my third and final try, I noticed that there was no music playing at all this time. There was just an eerie silence. I remembered that in the original encounter with the Skull Kid, you were supposed to use the ocarina to either travel back in time or summon the giants. I attempted to play the Song of Time, but before I could hit the last note, Link's body once again horrifically exploded into flames and he died. As the death screen neared its end, it began to chug, as if the cartridge was trying to process a lot of something. And when the screen came to, it was just the same scene as the first three times, except this time Link was lying on the ground, dead in a position I had never seen in the game ever before. His head tilted towards the camera with the Skull Kid floating above him. 
I couldn't move. I couldn't press any buttons. All I could do was stare at Link's fucking dead body. After around 30 seconds of this, the game simply fades out with the message, You've met with a terrible fate, haven't you? Before kicking me out to the title screen. Upon getting back to the title screen and starting again, I noticed my save file was no longer there. Instead of Link, it was replaced with Your Turn. Your Turn had three hearts, zero masks, and no items. I selected Your Turn, and immediately when I did, it returned back to the clock tower rooftop scene of Link dead and the Skull Kid hovering over me, with the Skull Kid's laughter looping again and again. I quickly hit the reset button, and when the game booted up again, there was one more save file added below Your Turn, entitled Ben. Ben's save file is right back to where it was before I deleted it, at the Stone Tower Temple with the moon almost crashing. I fucking turned the game off at that point. I'm not superstitious, but this is way too fucked up, even for me. I haven't played it at all today. Hell, I didn't even get any sleep last night. I kept hearing that reverse song of healing in my head and just remembering the sense of dread I felt exploring Clocktown. Like, I, I can't even explain it. I drove back to the old man's house today to ask him some questions with a buddy of mine because there was no way I was going back there alone. Only to find there was a for sale sign in the front yard and when I rang the doorbell, no one was home. So now I'm back here writing down the rest of my thoughts and recording what happened. Sorry if some of this has grammatical errors and whatnot. I'm running on no sleep here. I'm fucking terrified of this game and even more so now that I relived it a second time writing all this down but I still feel like there's more to it than meets the eye and that there's something calling me to investigate it further. I think Ben is something in this equation, but I don't know what. If I could get a hold of the old man, I would be able to ask some questions and maybe get some answers. I need another day or so to recuperate before tackling this game again, though. It's already taking a toll on my sanity the way it is. But next time I do this, I'm going to be recording my footage all the way through. The idea to record only came to me towards the end, so you'll see the last few minutes what I saw, including Skull Kid and the Elegy statue. But you can also find it on my YouTube channel. I'm going to stay in this thread a little while longer before I go to sleep to answer any questions you guys might have and hopefully listen to your ideas and theories to help me shed some light into this and maybe things I should try to do. I think I'm going to play Ben's file tomorrow and see what happens. Maybe I was supposed to do that all along. I don't believe in paranormal shit, but this is a little fucked up. And maybe this Ben guy is really just a good hacker or programmer. I hope that's the case. I don't want to think about the alternatives if it isn't. Post number two. September 8th, 2010. I'm going to post what happened and link the video footage. But last night, everything got too real for me. I think I'm done messing around with this. I passed out pretty much immediately after making that thread, but last night that Elegy of Emptiness statue. I had a dream about it. I dreamed that it was following me in my dream. That I would be minding my own business when I'd feel my neck here standing up on end. I would turn around and that thing, that horrible lifeless statue would be staring at me through those empty eyes right at me. Just inches away. In my dream, I remember calling it Ben. 
And never before I had a dream that I could remember so vividly. But the important thing is, is that I did get some sleep, I suppose. Today, putting off playing the game as long as I could, I drove back into that neighborhood to see if the old man came back. As I expected, though, the car was still gone and no one was home. As I was walking back to my car, the man mowing the grass next door killed the power to his mower and asked me if I was looking for someone. I told him I was looking for the old man that lived there, to which he told me what I already knew. He was moving. Trying a different avenue, I asked if the old man had any family or relatives I could talk to to live nearby. I discovered that this old man had never been married, nor did he have any children or grandchildren through adoption. Starting to become worried, I asked one final question, one that I should have asked from the beginning. Who was Ben? The man's expression turned grim. And I learned that four doors down, around eight years ago on April 23rd, the man informed me that it was the same day as his anniversary. That's how I knew the specific date. There was an accident with a young boy named Ben in the neighborhood. Shortly after, his parents moved. And despite any further attempts to talk to the man to get more information, he wouldn't divulge anything else. So I went back and I started playing again. I loaded up the game and immediately I jumped to the title screen where the mask flies by and the sound that played was not the normal whoosh sound. It was something much more high-pitched. I pressed start, bracing for the worst, but just like two nights ago, the files, your turn, and Ben were displayed. Truth be told, I looked at the Ben file earlier. It seemed to fluctuate between displaying the owl statue and not. I brought up the Ben file, hesitated for a moment, noticing that the stats were not the same as they originally were two days ago. It seemed like he had already completed the Stone Tower Temple this time. And summoning my courage, I selected it. Immediately, I was thrust into complete chaos. Sure enough, I was outside the Stone Tower Temple, but that's about all that was expected. The zone itself wasn't called Stone Tower Temple, but rather ST together and then O space N space E. And immediately the dialogue box of complete gibberish that I couldn't make out greeted me. Link's body was distorted and his back was cocked violently to the side where his posture was permanently disfigured. Link's expression was dull, almost monotonous. He had an expression on his face that I didn't recognize before and it was like a blank look as if he were dead. As Link stood there, his body spasmed irregularly back and forth. I examined what had become of my avatar and noticed that I had a C button item I had never seen before. Some kind of note. But I pressed it and it did nothing. Sounds played back and forth that I didn't recognize from the game, almost demonic in nature. And there was some kind of high-pitched yip or some kind of laugh or something playing in the background. I had all of two minutes to take in the environment before another one of those fucking elegy of emptiness statues was summoned and immediately I was cut into the dawn of the new day screen, except this time it was without the LLLLLL subtext. I was a Deku scrub in Clocktown. The scene would normally play after the first time you travel back in time. Tattle would say, what, what just happened? 
it's as if everything has but instead of saying started over she finished her remark in broken text as the laugh of the happy mask salesman played in the background I was put back in control of my character but from a fucked up camera angle I was looking from behind the door of the clock tower watching my avatar run around as a Deku scrub Seeing as how I really had no place to go because I couldn't see anything, I begrudgingly went inside the door. There I was greeted by the happy mask salesman who simply told me, you've been met with a terrible fate, haven't you? Before the screen whited out. I was in Termina Field as a human again. I might as well not have been playing the same game anymore. I was being warped around and there was no sign of a day clock or anything. I took a moment to get my bearings as I looked around the field and immediately I could tell that this wasn't normal either. There were no enemies and a twisted version of the Happy Mask Salesman theme was playing. I decided to run towards Woodfall before I noticed the gathering of the three figures on one of the sides, one of them being Epona. As I approached them, to my horror, I saw the Happy Mask Salesman, the Skull Kid, and the Elegy of Emptiness statue just standing there. I figured maybe they were bugged out, but by now I told myself I should have known better. Nevertheless, I approached them carefully and found that the Skull Kid was playing some kind of idle animation on loop. Same with Epona, and the Elegy of Emptiness statue was doing what it had been doing all along, just standing there eerily. It was the Happy Mask Salesman that scared me more profoundly than the other two. He too was idle, wearing that shit-eating grin but wherever I moved, his head slowly turned and followed me. I hadn't engaged in any dialogue with him, nor was I in combat with him, yet his head still continued to follow every movement. Reminded of my first encounter with the Skull Kid on top of Clock Tower, I pulled out my ocarina, to which the game played the ding sound when you're supposed to play your ocarina, and tried a song I hadn't played yet the Happy Mask Salesman's own song and the song that had been played on loop back in day four, the Song of Healing. I finished playing the song, and as I did, an ear-piercing shriek blasted out of my TV. The sky immediately started flashing, and the Happy Mask Salesman twisted theme song sped up, intensifying the fear inside of me, and Link exploded into flames and died. The three figures stayed lit up during my death scene as they watched my lifeless body burn. I can't describe to you how sudden and terrifying the transition from eerie to terror it was. You're going to have to watch the video if you want to see it firsthand. That same fear that caused me to lose sleep two days ago started to grip me again. As I was met with the text, you've met with a terrible fate, haven't you? For the third time. There has to be some kind of meaning behind that. I had a little time to ponder as I was immediately given another small cutscene of transforming into a Zora, and now I found myself in Great Temple Bay. Hesitant but curious to see what the game had in store for me, I slowly made my way towards the beach, where I found Epona. I wondered why the game had decided to put me here, and her. Was the game implying that she was trying to get a drink? Unable to take the mask off, I decided that riding the steed wasn't the reason that she was placed here. Suddenly, I realized that Epona kept neighing, and the way she was angled made it look like she was trying to signal a point to me off in the distance. It was a hunch, but I dove into Great Bay and started swimming. 
sure enough, I almost missed it, but I found something at the bottom of the ocean. One last Elegy of Emptiness statue. I went down to examine it, and suddenly my Zora doing a choking animation I'd never seen a Zora do before. Which didn't even make sense, because Zora can breathe underwater. Regardless, my character choked to death and died, and again, the statue was the only thing that was highlighting in my death. I didn't respond this time. I was just booted back to the main menu as if I restarted the console. The press start screen was before me. I knew the only reason why it would put me here is because the saved files had changed again. Taking a deep breath, I pressed start and I was right. The new save files told me about Ben. Now it made sense why the statue appeared when I tried to go to the laundry pool. The game had anticipated how I would try to escape the clock town on day four. Two files told me his fate. As I suspected, Ben was dead. He had drowned. The game obviously isn't through with me. It taunts me with the new save files. It wants me to keep playing. It wants me to go further, but I'm done with this shit. I'm not touching any more of these files. This is already way too terrifying for me, and I don't believe in the paranormal, but I'm running out of explanations. Why would someone send me this message? I don't understand it. I just get depressed thinking about it. The footage is up here for those who really want to see and analyze it. Maybe there's some kind of coded message in the gibberish, or maybe something symbolic in what I went through. I'm too emotional and mentally drained to fuck with it anymore. Post 3. September 10th, 2010. I know it's early in the morning. I've stayed up all night. I can't sleep. I don't care if people see this. That's not the point. I just want the word to get spread so I don't suffer for nothing. I've lost the will to type about this. The less I dwell on this, the better, and I think the video just speaks for itself. I did what you guys told me to do. I played the Elegy of Emptiness song at the first prompt by the game which I was given, but I think what the game is, or Ben, Jesus Christ, I can't fucking believe I'm even humoring the absurd idea that he exists in the game. Whatever he wanted me to do. He's following me now. Not just in the game, but in my dreams. Thanks for that. I see him all the time, behind my back. He's just watching me. I haven't gone to any of my classes. I've stayed in my fucking dorm room with the windows closed and the blinds shut and no way. <sighs> that way I know he can't watch me. But he still gets me when I play. When I play, he can still see me. The game is literally scaring me now. And it talked to me for the first time. Not just using text that it already does in the game. It literally spoke to me. It talked to me. It referenced Ben. It talked to me. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it wants. I never wanted any of this. I just wanted my fucking life back. Stuff like this doesn't happen to people like me. I'm just a kid. I'm not even old enough to drink yet. It's not fair. I want to go home. I want to see my parents again. I'm so fucking far away from home at this school. I just want to hug my mom. I just want to forget the statue's horrible blank face. My original game file is back. Just the way I left it before it was gone. I don't want to play anymore. I feel like something bad will happen if I don't, but that's impossible, right? It's, it's a video game.
haunted or not, it can't hurt me, right? Like, seriously, though, it can't, right? It's what I keep telling myself. But every time I think about it, I'm just... I'm not so sure. Post number four. September 12th, 2010. Let me just clear things up. I know you guys are worried about Jad Usable, but he's okay. He finished moving out today, and he said he's going back home. He's just taking this semester off. I'm not really sure why or what happened, but I have a vague idea that you guys probably know more than I do. I'm Jad Usable's roommate, and obviously I knew something was wrong with him for a few days now. He stayed in his room all the time, fell out of contact with literally every single one of his friends, and I'm pretty sure he hadn't even been eating anything. After the second day, I couldn't stay in there anymore, so I've been crashing at a buddy's place, only coming into my room to get stuff that I really absolutely needed. I tried talking to him several times, but he would just cut me off or keep the conversation brief when I asked him about his strange behavior. It was like he convinced himself he was something was hunting him. Yesterday, I came back to grab my philosophy book, and he approached me, looking fucking awful, with horrible big bags under his eyes. He handed me a flash drive and gave me specific instructions. He told me that he needs me to do one last favor for him. He finally explained to me what he has been doing. He gave me an account info for his YouTube account and told me that he just has to get away from here. And that it lured him into playing it again instead of trying changing things and that he shouldn't have done that. And to upload the footage to inform people what happened. I told him he could do it himself, but he got this wild look in his eyes and told me that he is never looking at that game again. And that's the last thing he said to me. He never even said bye when his parents came to pick him up. I never even got to meet his parents. I honestly can't tell you what happened. When he spoke about it, it was kind of hard to understand him, and his fucked up appearance really distracted me. On the flash drive, there was this footage of the game last night, a text document with his name and password for his YouTube, and a third document called thetruth.txt containing what he told me were his notes that he'd taken. He told me what this meant everything to him. And I followed his instructions exactly. Normally, I wouldn't be so to the letter for requesting over a fucking video game, but the way he spoke to me made it look like he was really serious, and I guess I'm going to honor that. He wasn't a bad roommate after all. I've had this video since yesterday, but had to have someone help me use Pinnacle. That's not really my forte. That after watching it, I had to go back through and look over these videos on his YouTube account, made me realize what was going on, and even then I'm really, really confused. The video I'm releasing tonight, the truth.txt, will be released on September 15th, just like he requested. I haven't dared peek at it yet, so the first time is, will be the first time for you out of respect for my friend. To answer your questions, no. I haven't tried calling him. I think I'll give him a call tomorrow and see if he's okay or not, and he should be back home by now. About the video. In this video, I cut straight to when he loaded the Ben file in the game. Looking back, I realized that Jad Usable left the save select screen in because it said different names sometimes. So my bad for that. But all it said this time was the same at the end of the last video, Link and Ben, nothing different. I wasn't there when he played it, but it looks like at the beginning he first spawns, he's testing out his equipment or something or seeing what items he had. 
because apparently they've changed randomly before. Then after that, I just think the game got too personal for him. Post number five, September 15th, 2010. Hey guys, Jad Usable here. This will be the last time you'll be hearing from me. And this is my final gift to you. These are the notes that I've taken and the realizations I've had. Before I delve into this, I wanted to thank you for following me and thank you for listening. It feels like the weight of a powerful burden is about to be lifted. By the time you read this, I won't be around anymore. But after spending four days with this maddening game, I've begun to understand what's really at play here. And hopefully after reading this, we can ensure this never happens again. There are things that I could not share with you while I was going on due to the circumstances to which I'll explain. I've been blocking any attempt I made to try and relay the truth to you. I tried ever so subtly to warn you guys in various ways. Amidst the chaos and my delirium, I devised to make a barely noticeable pattern in my videos. In all five videos I recorded over the four days... I have either had the mask of truth, interacted with a gossip stone, or the lens of truth equipped at some point. For you Zelda enthusiasts out there, these are all symbols of honesty and trustworthiness, and I'd hope that one of you would have picked up on the reference. As I played the file, which I would name Ben, being mindful of how Ben was watching over every move in the game, I made a point to avoid doing anything too obvious. But I sent out a hidden message to you guys. I have never equipped the lens, nor the mask, nor visited a stone. It worked. And the video was uploaded. I prayed that someone would notice the pattern didn't apply to Ben. The tags followed suit, too. I hope you guys paid attention to those as well. They were my little messages to you. Nothing big enough that would catch Ben's attention or make him suspect anything. With Ben manipulating and changing my files, I honestly hope that what you guys saw was close to what actually happened. But there's no way for me to know. This may be a long read. I don't have time to proofread or make all my research look pretty. But here it is. Here it all is. September 6th, 2010, at 11 p.m. Can't believe what happened. Not sure if this is some kind of elaborate hoax. Despite the fear, I can't help but be exceptionally curious about this. Who or what is the statue? A lot of questions here. I'm starting this document as a diary so I can keep track of everything. I'm typing a summary of what happened so I can come back to it later. September 7th, 2010. 2.10 a.m. Summary was posted here. You can go back and look at my first post on 4.wmv for that. 4.23 a.m. I can't sleep. I've been trying so hard, but the harder I try, I get more restless. I just feel like that statue is appearing wherever I close my eyes. 
8.20 a.m. Didn't sleep at all. Just going to start my day. I don't think I have the energy to go to class today. I'm going to drive back to town to talk to the old man. Taking my buddy Tyler with me just in case. 1.18 p.m. Back home now. No sign of the old man. Really weird that he appears to be moving the next day, but maybe the for sale sign was up there yesterday and I just didn't notice. Tyler wants to know what's gotten me all worked up. I didn't tell him. Going to eat. I feel like death. 3.46 p.m. I could have sworn driving back from Subway that I saw the elegy statue buried in some shrubbery staring at me go by. Now I definitely, definitely need some sleep. 5 o'clock p.m. Don't think a lot of people would believe me if I told them about what's happening. I think I'm going to try posting this on the internet. I'll just use the summary. These notes are pretty sporadic. 6 p.m. Connected my capture card to my computer to upload the footage. Thought my computer froze for a second. Made this strange popping sound when I hooked everything up. But it seems to be working fine again. My computer can't die on me now. 7 p.m. Footage just finished uploading. Quality is a lot better than I thought it would be. Gee, guess this is a really special cartridge. Never had it come through this clear before. 8.45 p.m. Thought I saw an icon pop up on my desktop. It looked like the statue's face for a split second. Give me quite a scare. Getting really unnerved and delirious. I need to crash. 9 p.m. Begin uploading my YouTube video on an alternate account. 9.03 p.m. I don't remember having uploaded a Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines video last year. This is probably the account that I shared with a friend of mine last summer. I hope he doesn't mind me using it to upload this. 9.55 p.m. Posting my summary of day four with a link to the YouTube video. I'm gonna try to stay awake, but I am so tired right now. September 8th, 2010, 10.48 a.m. I had a dream about the statue. I dreamed it was following me in my dream. I would be minding my own business when I feel my neck hair standing up. I would turn around and that thing, that horrible, lifeless statue would be staring through those empty eyes right at me, merely inches away. In my dream, I remember calling it Ben. Power of suggestion, most likely. Never before I've had a dream that I could remember so vividly. 11.21 a.m. I really don't want to play this game again. I think I'm going to go back to see if the old man is there instead. 1.35 p.m. No old man, but I had an interesting conversation with his neighbor. I'll post the full thing in the summary of tonight's attempt at playing the game. I'm going to wait for a bit, though. See if I can't dig up any information on this Ben guy. 2.45 p.m. I've been getting random 
inexplicable headaches due to the lack of sleep and keep hearing that song in my head. Also, it's flu season, so I need to be careful not to get sick. My immune system is going to be shit right now because of that all-nighter. 3.02 p.m. My computer just, on its own, opened up a text document and wrote the words, Hi, and www.cleverbot.com by itself. What the fuck? 3.46 p.m. I went to the website. It's one of those bot chatting programs. I think it's best I just let the conversation speak for itself. September 8th, 2010, conversation with Cleverbot. User, hello? Hello. Who is this? How are you able to control my computer? Who am I? Right. Forgot. You're a bot. Do you really think that? Listen, I know whoever's fucking with my computer can see my screen right now. Yes. Yeah, and I'll wager that you're one of those IT kids who thinks he's tough shit. You know what you're doing right now is illegal, right? Is it? No shit. Are you familiar with the terms invasion of privacy? Get the fuck off my computer, kid. I am your computer. Cool story. Anyway, I'm calling DPS. You picked a bag time to fuck with me, kid. Should I wait until you play the game, then? What? That game. Majora's Mask? Yes. How did you know about that? Because. Because what? I did it. Did what? I played with you. What the fuck? Were you scared? Who the fuck is this? Ben. The statue? You're inside my computer now? Yes. How? You connected me. How the hell did I connect you? Cables and cords. How? Tell me about yourself. What? Tell me about yourself. What do you mean? What is it that really scares you? What the fuck? Answer. No. Answer. What the fuck? How the fuck did you just open that by yourself? I am your computer now. How much can you control? All. What do you want from me? To entertain. You're stuck inside there. You can't hurt me. Ha. Go play. No, you can't hurt me. Took you longer to type that. So? You are not so sure. If you're so powerful, why use a ridiculous website like this to chat with me? Less messy. 
more structured. Fun. Fun? Yes, tradition. I like it. You think this is funny? Amusing. And my notes? You may write them down. Why are you letting me? It is amusing to see what you think of me. The window was closed. 3.50 p.m. What have I done? I've invited into my computer. I continue to write these notes, What write my summaries. I feel like I'm a prisoner and only one fucking place I have that's secure. I don't know. I don't know if I'm hallucinating or not. I feel like I'm fucking insane right now. I can feel it watching me. Even as I type this, Ben is controlling everything in the game, toying with me, leading me like a sheep. But for what? What's, what's the purpose? I know Ben drowned, but why these hauntings? What the fuck am I even doing? I can probably even see this right now. Seven eighteen p.m. Ben called me to Cleverbot again. He tells me that he's sorry and he wants to be free, and then I can free him. It's just like how I got on my computer from the capture card. He can spread, but he needs my help. He says that I'm special because I can help him. That's the first nice thing he said. He promised me he'd leave me alone if I do it. He swears he will. I don't even know what to think right now. Um, can I even trust this thing? 7.20 p.m. I'm terrified of it, but now it's saying that it was just having fun. It's, it's a twisted and fucked up version of fun. He's saying that the game is over. I do want it to be over. He says that he just wants to be free and he's just trapped in the cartridge of my computer. He just wants to be freed. I don't want to have to deal with this shit. I don't know how long I can deal with the watching. It's watching my every move, every keystroke. I don't have anything private anymore. It knows everything that's been on my computer. It it tells that if it wants to, wants to, it could do terrible, horrible things to me. Plus, it hasn't. So I should trust it, right? I should. I should trust it. Eight oh one p.m. Something tells me that I'm being played again. Just like in the game. 9.29 p.m. Ben called me to Cleverbot again. I ignored it and went to go take a shower. When I came back, my laptop, I was welcomed with an image of the elegy statue staring at me with those dead eyes. I don't want to talk to him. 9.44 p.m. Fuck you, Ben. I'm not talking to you. 9.56 p.m. Fuck you, Ben. I'm not talking to you. 10.06 p.m. Fuck you, Ben. I'm not talking to you. 10.12 p.m. Fuck you, Ben. I'm not talking to you. 10.46 p.m. It's been more than an hour and a half and the messages have finally stopped. Ben has stopped. I'm beginning to think that Ben isn't confined to just my computer or that cartridge. I'm beginning to feel something. It's hard to explain. I've never been a spiritual person, but there's something different about the air in my dorm room now. 11.42 p.m. 
I'm beginning to see this elegy statue randomly as I search the internet in places that I shouldn't. Places where he shouldn't be. I'd be scrolling down and suddenly I'd be staring at a picture of the elegy statue. Always the fucking elegy statue. I don't know how much more of this I can take. September 9th, 2010. 12.35 a.m. My worst fears confirmed. Ben has tampered my summary of Ben.WMV. I looked at the summary when I posted at various forms of the Ben.WMV file and parts have been omitted. There's no mention of Ben existing outside the game. There's no mention of the Moon Children. How could he even been so quick to delete the post without me noticing? I'm wondering if it maybe appeared to me when I was posting everything, but in reality, Ben is posting his own censored versions. I'm going to ask Ben why he did it. 12.50 a.m. He isn't responding to me on Cleverbot. It's just giving me the generic responses it normally does. It's like I'm actually talking to a bot. 1.24 a.m. I think Ben is mad at me. 10.43 a.m. The moon children appeared in my dreams last night. They lift up their masks to reveal their hideously disfigured faces. <laughs> Maggots crawling all over their orifices. Sunken black holes where their eyes should be. A yellow smile that slowly grew bigger and bigger as it came closer to me. They told me that they wanted to play. I tried to run from them. <laughs> but the four children just pinned me down to the ground with surprising strength. Over them stood the happy mask salesman announcing that he had a new mask that he wanted me to try. In his spastic sudden movements matching his in-game appearance, he took out a mask modeled off someone's face and I couldn't recognize it. A younger looking face. And it handed it to the moon children. Giggling, they latched it to their face and their horrible broken bodies bouncing up and down. <laughs> Two of them held me down while the other two just began to sew the mask onto my face. My shrieks and screams caused the happy mask salesman to turn into the most horrific smile I'd ever seen. He sporadically moved around examining this procedure like a curious doctor in that impossible movement. I flailed around but it was no use. My eyes rolled in the back of my head because of the pain. It felt so real. But I couldn't wake up. I couldn't wake up no matter how hard I tried. I couldn't wake up. After the mask was melted onto my flesh, they began to sewing my legs together. Then my arms, the horrific feeling of a needle puncturing your legs and pulling them in, rupturing your Achilles tendons and tying them together resonated throughout my entire body. I tried to scream, but the mask was pressed so tightly against my face that it was my new face. And my new face had no mouth. I didn't make a sound. I tried telling myself in my head that it was dreaming, telling telling again, myself again and again, and suddenly the moon children stopped and looked at me. They just stared, and the happy mask salesman slowly bent down, stared at me inches away from my face, and grinned, and he simply said, You've been met with a terrible fate, haven't you? Before the moon children resumed with increased vigor, I couldn't wake up. I couldn't wake up. It wouldn't let me wake up until they had crafted me into another elegy statue. I woke up sweating and crying and shaking uncontrollably. 
I immediately ran to my computer and went for Ben. September 9th, 2010. Conversation 1. Answer me, Ben. Welcome back. What is the point of this? Why? Amusing to see. How? Fun to play. Fun to toy with you. Make you feel safe. I wonder how you would have reacted. To what? If I hadn't revealed myself and stayed hidden, only doing little things to play with you. Close out your windows. Turn off your computer. Move your mouse by itself. Little things. Makes you wonder if I am here, but you never know. Gives you little hints that I am. I wanted to do something different with you. You... You've done this before? Yes. And I will do it again. To who? Ben? Hmm. Did you know Ben? Won't tell that information to you. How did Ben die? You know. No, but how did he drown? Won't tell that to you. Why? It is reserved for another. Who? Another who asks. When? Later. The window was closed. I'm beginning to think this thing maybe isn't Ben at all. In its sadistic nature, I've, I wouldn't be surprised as if it took another boy's name after it killed him. 12.04 p.m. My room is beginning to feel different again. There's something out there. I feel really threatened, like there's something that is trying to reach out to me and strangle me, but it can't quite get there. 12.46 p.m. I think Ben doesn't want to play with me anymore. I'll play again. I'll play again, Ben. Can you see this? I'll play the game again, please. Just stop this. Just please. 1.41 p.m. I'm going insane trying to decide what is real and what isn't. Is Ben just playing a trick on me or is it, is it real? Is Ben generating these self-replies or these people actually posting them? Did I just see that screen flicker or was it my imagination? Imagine depending on the internet and trusting your eyes for your entire life and then being blinded. You can't rely on it anymore. You second guess everything. For the brief moments I am looking at my responses to the videos, people were pointing up at things that looked fake or photoshopped or whatever, and there's literally no way for me to know if Ben changed something on purpose to try to shut me up, or if maybe those replies were just constructed by Ben to try and discourage me from even reaching out. See... I get fucking caught in an infinite mind fuck loop like this and this has been wearing on my sanity and pushing me to the edge as I'm writing this. There's no way for me to even tell if anyone cares as much as I do or if anyone will even ever read this. Is this, is, is this another fucking trick? Does this whole document even exist? Am I writing nothing? Hello? 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 